now dumb for having Welcome back to the Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast, episode number 33. The Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast is basically two blokes that have known each other forever, um, who catch up most days in Melbourne CBD to talk everything Essendon Football Club. Uh, with me is the sunny, suntanned, returning far north Queensland mate of mine in Scott. Hello everyone, a fantastic trip uh, with my wife. We actually had the kids looked after, so it was especially... Uh, a, a fantastic time, bit of football sighting, saw Andrew Welsh and saw Joel Selwood and a few few others, um, Rioli from Richmond, so always, always, I had a few podcasts in my in mind nice. while I was there. Did you talk uh, to him? So you but I didn't, the I didn't have the guts to talk nah, to him. that's understandable. And it's there on their break, so that's probably not my cue. But <laughs> uh, look, the uh, thankfully my beautiful wife allowed me to watch on TV the Essendon West Coast game whilst you're up there. Yeah. So here was me in in um, Palm Cove cheering on the boys at the end of my bed. Yep. But uh, what a game! What a win! Uh, you must have been excited too. Oh man! Like I I look if I have to be 100 percent honest, I thought we were gonna. I didn't think we were gonna get over the line. I thought we were maybe just gonna get beat. But that first quarter and the the urgency. I mean, again, I think the first time I've ever said that this urgency, this tackling pressure out of Essendon mm. was in that Geelong game. And I, I keep, I'll keep referring to that game as, as when it started. The Geelong urgency that I saw in that first quarter that led to a functioning forward line and yep. hurls down back being solid. And I swear that, that that game for me, for Brendan Goddard... Is the f- is the last time I will listen to anybody saying Brendan's <laughs> disposing disposing of the ball badly or he not shouldn't be down yeah, there? Yeah, yeah not yeah. warranted because I swear that man mopped up more balls going in there than you can shake nine sticks at. Um, Eighty-eight and a half percent efficiency by foot, so hugely impressed by the Bombers, and I reckon that win would, I think really put the fear of God into a lot of teams in the AFL. Exactly. And one, look, when I was watching the commentary, there was a bit of the over the top of Darling and Kennedy being out. And did you, I don't know if any other SNM fans, I wanted to jump into the commentary box and say, oh, by the way, you know, (laughs) uh, when fully fit, we actually have a superstar center half forward. That's not playing. Forget about his form early year. We all know, Kind of what the reasoning is behind that now. Yep. We're talking about the 65 goal centre half forward yep. last year in the All Australian. And our best running um, midfielder in Zaharakis not playing. And, and you know, you can go quite a few names. But I kind of feel like, hey, guys, you know, even, even with Stewart, I know he's kind of dropped with form, but last year, Danaha and Stewart. With yeah, two huge fillers. 100% agree. So we, we, there was definitely guys missing on our side. And look, what it really came down to was a bit of a surprise to me, but we, our Ruckman beat their superstar Ruckman. And Absolutely gave him a bar of Palmolive and a bath. Uh, yes. So, and what it did was have the midfield really get functioning early. We just came out on fire. And look, that play about 90 seconds into the game where Adam Saar takes... Just runs oh. through the middle. It set the tone. Run, young yeah. man, run. And we've been talking about that for a while. And I'll keep saying it. He is such an important player. And it takes a lot of guts to do that. 
to take the game on on the top week in, top week team out, in like Perth. That. Yeah, uh, he was sensational. He was almost running at ninety percent efficiency, twenty six disposals, running off half back. Just everything we recruited him for. I'd say even now that game is even more than I expected from Huge, uh, from Adam Saad. Hugely, man. I mean, like Adam Saad running through, like you said, taking what was it? Says uh, a look at the stats: six bounces, six bounces. But and this is the thing: running at light speed, full tilt. Head down, going at a million miles an hour. You would maybe expect his disposal yep. efficiency to not quite be so good because he's so running so hectically. Yep. But at nearly ninety percent um, disposal efficiency and twenty six possessions, like that's it's a perfect game almost. It's almost the perfect it, game. And look, he's playing the back line. He's had four inside fifties, so he's 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 helping also that that run where you're running seventy eighty meters. It just helps because the forwards can all be. Structured so much better, Mate. and you could tell we we were in that first quarter. Everything was just—I mean, it was like a blueprint. It's exactly of, of how Essendon should play. Now, obviously, it's not going to go well that well every time. But no. but what I did find my first thought after that game was Dyson Heppel, the captain, has been constantly discussing with the media. We've got to find our identity. I read it in the paper today. And and that game, and the, for the last five weeks, because I actually felt that the Richmond game was actually a half-decent 70-point loss. I know that sounds weird, but I didn't it find it as bad as the scoreboard suggested as far as how we competed. Yeah. So I kind of feel like over a five-week period, three interstate wins, four out of five, we're starting to at least find an identity within this current group. I 100% agree. I, I think that what, and Dyson's, Dyson's leading from the front with that identity. Like the identity, he unfortunately, is. for our club has got to be that manic, fast paced, tackling pressure, not letting the opposition breathe, and not letting them kick it at will into their forward line. I mean, with Jack Darling and, and Kennedy in their forward line, sure, they would have got a few more goals. I, I agree. But those guys cannot. They don't go and get the ball themselves. With the kind of pressure that Devin Smith is putting on, with Dyson Heppel and the other guys in Guelphie and everybody Merit, running yeah. Merritt and um, Tip and Woody in the middle as well. The kind of pressure. Isn't it nice, by the way, to say Tip and Woody is getting so involved? Yeah, it was. Like he, that is so nice to see his it, name. It was one of his better games for the year, actually. Absolutely, hundred percent agree. I've been quite critical of him, and people know that. But that's the Tip and Woody that I want to see. Because it wasn't his ten possession game. He had more like sixteen or seventeen. There you uh, go. Had six tackles. Um, gee, kicked a ripper of a goal too. Absolutely. Oh, my goodness. But that's the tip of Moody I expect, and I, and I'm going to put it on him. He has that ability to do that week in week out. I hundred percent agree. So it's it's up to him to get that consistency because it it dramatically helps the team. But going back to Saad. He, Sada McKenna, now the two guys coming off half back, are really becoming weapons. I've never seen this at Essendon before. Like seriously, I mean that like, kind of pace. we've had we've had people we've had Rama running off the back line. We've had Sean Wellman giving us some real good drive off the back line. We've had some good drive in the back line, but nothing like those two blokes. Like Connor McKenna's, they're, they're breaking lines, and where where backline players like Matty D, good old Matty D, reliable Matty D, right? Yeah. He's going to beat the opposition player, he's going to get the ball, and he's yep. going to take two steps and kick it to the bloke on the wing, right? <laughs> yes, yep. That's Matty D, a good old-fashioned defender. But when you put O'Connor... O'Connor? Connor McKenna, um, <laughs> Philly D. Potatoes, um, 
and you chuck Adam Sard in there. By the way, could you get two more of an odd couple? What we need right now, we'll do this in post. We'll chuck the odd couple music yeah, from yes. the TV show over the top of those two blokes. Um, the kind of run that they're giving us, not only from half back, they end up at half forward. Just before half forward when they're kicking the ball. So it, it worked brilliantly to Stringer this week. Um, Mitch Brown was everywhere and he presented brilliantly for those guys so yep. that, that was the thing I wanted to just to finish off what I wanted to say before is that even with Jack Darling and Kennedy in that side the ability or the the, the pressure that we put on um, West Coast midfield which is not too shabby by the way yeah, I don't think McKenna and Darling get the kind of ball inside their forward 50 that will allow them to kick enough goals to beat us no exactly Uh I didn't feel like those two forwards had a biggest factor because the game was won in the first forty minutes. It was at one point it was fifty to one, so yeah, <laughs> we, I'm sorry. A, we kicked the first eight goals, and that's my point. And it was really because we completely don't. The ball was completely on within either outside of the center or inside fifty. Yep. So you could have those two guys as much as you like. They're hardly touching the ball. Yeah, and and, and, and the game was lost by then. Look in the second half. You could tell we tightened up a bit, yeah, and structurally, well, geez, we we running hard the whole game, yeah. like that's and and it's a really good coaching game because the coaches will look at that mm. about now when you do have a team sort of on the ropes. Now our next evolution is, is how do you how do you, them. how do you finish it off? Yeah, how do you flatten them? Yeah, so that would be a key learning. But look, going over to Perth and winning oh. by almost five goals. Everybody should be ecstatic about this win. Seriously, like yeah. that that says a hell of a lot for this club. Yeah, exactly. And look, let's talk about a youngster, but we'll talk about him after the break. Yeah, we'll come back from the break. And but the, you know, I've got a I've got a certain number four I want to talk about after the break. Beautiful. We'll come and, back after and this. And how break. pleased I am for him. See you after the break, guys. Welcome back to the Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast. Now, Scotty, who did you want to talk about? Yeah, so let's talk about some of the youngsters in the game. We'll start off with Cole Langford. Uh, 24 possessions, used the ball well, uh, had five clearances, which is the key. And this is the, the evolution of Cole Langford that is so impressive. And I'm just wrapped for him. Like, I, oh. I, just privately, I, I was sort of chatting with his mum. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and they're just like, really excited about his potential. Still, I still think he has another level to go to. I genuinely believe that. I've always felt he was a big body boy like Job that was going to come on a little bit later than people had hoped. Yeah, and well, I think they yeah. changed him. They yeah. changed him from a forward to exactly. a to a midfielder. So he's, he's going to take a bit of time to come on. But what what I found really interesting one he played that first three quarters as a mid. And it played it really, really well. But I do like the fact that we needed a goal. And who actually went out of the goal square? Suddenly they put Langford in the goal square. He leads out, marks the ball, kicks for goal. That is what I'm really excited about Kyle Langford about. It's a next level to his game. Yes. Like, if you can beat that he midfielder... Is, he is a half-decent forward. Like, we've yeah. seen it before. Yep. That he can definitely create a good lead. And he's he's a decent lead, mark on the lead. He's a player I really rate 
And I know he still has a few minor deficiencies like every other player. Uh, but he's just building and building because of continuity. There you go. That's the word, right? And you could tell that was a f- that first half of the game. I went, you know what? That's the headspace I see in the VFL. Because in the, when he plays in the VFL, I mean, you can't be dropped from the VFL. So you yeah, know you're so, playing. Yeah, so right. he's relaxed. Yeah. So this was the first time I went, you know what? That first half is how I see you in the VFL where your mind is relaxed and you're just playing the game. You're not overthinking it. You're not panicking about making a mistake. And he even made one or two kicks that were mistakes. But overall, his progression over this six-week span has been so encouraging. And it's huge for the club. Mm. He's a really could be a really strong over-the-ball midfielder. He's starting to see through the game a lot better in traffic. He's, he's picking... A good 30, 40 meter passes, even if it's left or right, he's seeing his his peripheral vision seems to have improved. Uh, so, just wrapped for him. And let's, I want to just talk about someone else in Matt Welfy. Iceman. Matt Welfy. Look, people have to understand he's playing predominantly as a forward only. So, a forward. Yeah, he, he plays oh. high forward. He's playing oh, okay. high forward. Every time I see him, he's down back. Well, he played the previous week there, but okay. he, he's. He plays a little bit of a he can, but he's still not assigned as a as a midfield role yet, which is mm. probably his ideal. So that's why his possession count is not not always as high. But it's funny when you look at his, look at his possession count, you go, "Wow, that's where stats kind of lie," because he had a much better game than oh. if you just saw on stats. Mate, absolutely, everything he touched or did was like either high pressure. Yep. Or of or of real quality, I'll say that with English. He does, um, yeah, English is great. <laughs> um, no, every time I saw Matt Guelphie, or every time I see him involved in the play, he's never taking the cheap handball out the back and running away with the ball. No. He, he absolutely is willing to throw himself into contests yeah. and be involved in the hard ball. We have pinched a kid there, I reckon. Yeah. That whole experience that he's had in the waffle, I think is absolutely worth its weight in gold now. And I reckon we've, we've absolutely pinched a kid there in Iceman because that's the thing too. I mean, like you said, I agree. He's probably going to be eventually through the mid, which would be great. But at the moment, he's behind Zeret, who's who's got another 30. Dyson, who's almost got 30. Brendan Goddard's got 26. We've got Kyle Langford with 24. The midfield players that we've got in there now and the players coming through, i.e. Langford, yeah. Um, He's he could be just another one of those guys coming through. So yep. I've absolutely wrapped. One of the other ones I wanted to, to have a chat about is yours and my man, the man that it's about damn time, Mason Redman. He had a good one again, didn't he? Had a great one. I mean, one. not as ball dominant this time, no? but his actual defense and the quality of it was very, very good. And that one mark, the big oh, mark that oh, he took where he nearly got hammered. Coaches love that oh, stuff. Oh, halves. Right? He's just sitting there going, ooh, I love that. A bit of hardness yeah, from yeah. the man. I love and that, it. And that's who he is. So I don't know, um, as we sit now, I don't know the extent of that ankle injury. Yeah, neither do I. I really hope it's okay. Even if it's one week, but um, I just hope it's nothing serious. Uh, you never like to see a guy on crutches after the game, especially for Mason. You go, It would be... Just give the kid a break. He's finally got it, and he's taken it. Just, I just oh. hope with a ten-day break, we get some magical news that it's just a slight knock or a slight twist, and yeah. it is okay. But we'll, I'm sure we'll get a, a, an update from the club early this week. A um, couple of special mentions for the young kids who aren't young kids, but I mean, Hurley, Hooker, Goddard, all three. Yeah, I mean they're they're all very. I mean, I thought 
Hooker was sensational. Hooker was Hooker down back just makes me smile. I it really every time he's near the ball, I, I just think something good's going to happen, or mm. he's not going to get beaten, or he's going to take that one grab mark that he's so good at it. And Hurls, Hurls now in the last three weeks and the previous five weeks mm. is a completely different footballer. Like he's back to his normal. He's starting to get back to it. Isn't big he? Yeah. time. He's back to yeah. his great possessions, and it must be. I swear, football guys, it's got to be twenty percent above the shoulders because it's. He never lost the ability to do what he's doing now, but no. all of a sudden, the players have got confidence confidence in each other. Yeah, and someone like Michael Hurley is back to being bear. But again, Brendan Goddard for me is just he's. I hope he plays like two more seasons. I really yeah. do because he's he's old and busted and that's fine. But he is the cagiest old veteran running around. Yeah. In a straight leg, in a, in a leg race against most players in the AFL, he's going to get beaten badly. But how do you rack up 26 with 90% disposal efficiency? You do it by being real smart. Yeah. Like his, his years of being, of jumping on people's heads are probably over. Yeah. Um, but he's he's now that kind of real cagey James Kelly replacement um, down back that you need with real calm. Yep. Other one, the one more. Sorry, just to, to check that one in there. <laughs> um, the other one, Andy McGrath. Yeah, hey, actually, he's, he's picking up form again. He had, what, 22 previous week, 24 possessions this week. Yep. Just starting to get back into it, um, into the Andy, Andy we know. Uh, yeah, so the running, the breaking yeah. lines a few times. As I mean, he he still he still will get that good handball. He'll still he make that good, yeah. yeah, that good um, that good pass out of pressure, which defenders got to do right. But I saw him a few times stop to see whether or not he could make that fifteen twenty meter run. Yeah, he's he's often surrounded by defenders down deep, right? So sorry, offensive players down deep. So he's it's hard for him to run out of there, but. It's good to see him starting to to think about that run um, out of defence. Yeah, and look, we should actually mention if if we did a three two and one, we don't don't really do a three two and one on this show. We should oh, we should actually bring I it up sometime. Should, yeah, we might the lunchtime catch up awards. We did the lunchtime catch up awards. <laughs> uh, look, I, I my best on ground. I actually haven't mentioned. This is personally me, so you can give your three two one. I will. Yes, I I had three to Zachy Merritt. Um, I thought Zachy. I love when Zachy's in form. It does make the club and the whole midfield operate so much better. He's the, he's the A yeah. grader. He's I mean, dead set the A grader. I'm trying to remember if it was the first or second quarter. I think it was the first quarter. He did a, a 40 meter pass that was just. Was that from the boundary? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh. And, and it's like just sheer quality. Straight so down Billy's throat. I had him best on ground, just. I had Bell Chambers second. Uh, I thought his influence. Um, over the whole ground was huge and actually stopping um, um, Nick Nat. Nick Nat, thank you, uh, was just a big, big thing for the Essendon Football Club. And look, I gave one to Saad. That's, that's how I kind of saw Jeez, the game. One for Saad is harsh, but, man. Um, but uh, I, I'm just trying to think of who, how did we win? And and then they're kind of... I, it wouldn't bother me if anyone rotated those three in And I guess form. that's what yeah. I'm going to do, pretty yeah. much. I'm giving three to Adam Saad. Like, he, he paid, what did he pay? 86% of the game, 26 possessions, six bounces, 90% efficiency, five inside 50s, six one percenters, whatever the hell they are. Um, it's... <laughs> 6-1%. Grofi had six. Six one percenters, so what did he get? 6%? I don't know, I don't know what they are, but one percenters, we love them. Um... 
Adam Saad for three for me because just yeah. the, the the dominance he had all over the game. Equal first, but probably you can't do that. Second place by like a hair is Zach Merritt. Like, man, where has this boy been? Like he's been tagged and stuff. That's fine. I would love. We've got to seriously, man. We've yeah. got to try and get some coaches on from the from the SN Forty Club because the questions I would ask them along the lines of: Are players just deciding not to to um, to tag him anymore, or have we got some incredible coaching strategies that is getting that man free? Because I don't know. It's it's incredible the he's difference. Had, he's, to me, he's had five good weeks in a row now, and we're, and we're four out of five. And bingo, and that's the thing. <laughs> it's like, no again, mistake. His form is. And, and the last one for me would be Tommy Bell. Exactly right. Because yeah. hugely important game. Nick Nat's a massively important player for that club. When he gets going and the dreads are flying and he's running out of packs with the ball and stuff, West Coast just grab another leg, right? So that that's 3-2-1 for me. But um, I... I'm going to throw out a challenge to you soon. I completely forgot what I was going to be about to say. But yeah, show out that, throw out that challenge. So, okay. We're not going to, we're not going to focus on too many negatives. Um Josh Green. Sorry. <laughs> Josh. So, this week you've got North Melbourne, right? Yep. If Jimmy Stewart, or James Stewart, however you want to say Jimmy. it. Um, if Stewart plays really well today, how do you see Sean McKernan? Uh, do you swap or do you... Keep... Nah, no, no, he gets one more. Whoa, he gets one cool. more for me. All right, uh, I'm a like, little bit on the Stuart more bandwagon myself. Oh, I, 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 Jimmy Stewart's the long-term player at Essendon. Like Smack yeah. is, he's great and bless, but I think he's re- he's proven in his AFL career that he is a backup. Right? If you if you haven't yeah. got Jimmy Stewart running around in the in the twos, then Smack's in the side forevermore. Sean, but, yeah, like we've always said, Sean's biggest issue is is he's consistency. Either, he's either very on or very off. Exactly, correct. and and um. And that was an off game. And look, I'm not sure what the coaches are talking to him about, but when he goes into the ruck, he has to stop these free kicks. It has to stop. Like, if he's going to be a half-relief ruckman to help out, he just can't, every time he goes into a ball up, give away a free. And I just wonder whether or not he feels he's undersized in the ruck and he just he tries too hard and overcompensates. He should do like... um, he should be that jump ruckman. Like he's yeah. got good springs, the boy. And I, I don't know yeah. why. I mean, it, probably not compared to Nick Nat, but I mean, he's got good springs. I think you should just try and stay off the opposition ruckman and jump over the top of him or something. Yeah. But I mean, yeah, that, that's the problem with smacking that he's he's consistency. But I think I don't think Jimmy Stewart's kicked eight hundred well, yeah. goals in the reserve since. How I see it, and this is how I honestly see it: Sean McKernan's best game is probably better than James Stewart's best game. But James Stewart's average game is better than Sean McKern's average game. Like so, yeah. so, so Stewart doesn't really have too much of a downer. He he had, went a little bit out of form this year, but over over all last year, he constantly kicked two or three goals. Yeah, always competed. So there was a consistency about him, but he never starred. Never kicked at five or six goal. Yeah. McKernan has that ability to be a star on on his day, but. He doesn't have the ability when he's off to compete like Stewart does. Yep. So it's a very interesting dilemma, and um, I, I, it doesn't really overly phase me. I kind of see Stewart as the long term, like you said. Yeah. But speaking of Sean McKernan, I'm going to go into this last subject before we get to another break. Yeah, cool. Um, the umpiring. Oh. So speaking of Sean McKernan, 
uh, to the umpiring field or fraternity or however you like. Have you want to do it? Yeah, group. Normally, when a forward takes a mark and they hold it for three seconds and then the ball <laughs> spills out, it's normally a mark. Yeah. Uh, I am not sure how any club gets to a stage where they're eight goals to nil up. And they're 10 free kicks down at that stage. It's insane. With having so much of the ball. Insane. Uh, I'm not going to go on too much because I'm more focused on the win. That's just more my nature. But it, it was bizarre to watch Connor some McKenna. of the free kicks. Connor McKenna's sideways from a hip and shoulder bump. Great bump. Great bump. Gets boot to ball. And it's deliberate. And it's deliberate, man. That is, that's quite simply the worst umpiring decision I think I've ever seen. And Hurley, like, Hurley's kicking out a fence, as Hurley has sometimes this year. Absolutely goes off the side of his boot. Bounces just in. Deliberate. Like, no, it's a, just a it's really just a, bad it's kick. It's just a crap kick. I would love to see the rules um, around, like, the actual definition of the rule about kicking out, like, deliberate. Because... Conor McKenna got hammered. Did you think that he went, all right, as I'm being hammered, well, this better go over. I better chuck this over because we're in trouble here. All he did was just get booed to the I ball, know, man. I mean, read the... Have a sense of the game, umpire. Like, you know, you, yeah. you, you read... Actually, we'll come back after the break, but you know how you read the stories that the goal kicking hasn't improved in the last 20 years or something like that? Brian Taylor and Jason yeah. Dunstall say that goal kicking hasn't improved and the skills haven't improved. Umpiring, man. Yeah. Those howling bad decisions from umpires. I just... look, yeah, I still think it's it's an AFL issue. I think they've messed with the game so much of recent And they're time. about to implement five oh, new rules or I, something. I, I don't put it too much on the umpires because, like, that, do, that but, free kick... But hang on a second. Yeah, oh, that, that deliberate, yeah, those, yeah sorry. Those that, ones no. are just dumb. I understand that, but I mean, as an overall feel of how the umpiring yeah. is going, yeah, yeah, I yeah. feel like we're messing with the game too much. But, like, that free kick, and I know it's against Essendon, so I hope people... No, I'm not being just biased because it was against Essendon. Because it happens every game, every team. There's a like um, a West Coast guy marked the ball deep in defence. Literally, McKernan is four meters to the right of him, and suddenly it's just a fifty meter penalty because oh, you're within four or five meters. I, oh, I hate that so and, much. And like man. McKernan's obviously putting up his hand. I'll run out now. He has no influence and, over the game whatsoever. And you've got, yeah, because it was actually an interesting shot. It was like behind the goal shot. Had zero impact. Like the guy with the ball oh, didn't even know he was there. I don't know how you can reward a team 50 meters up the field yep. over something no one even thought about except for the umpire. Oh, it had no impact. Oh. It's just one of those free kicks we've got to get out of our game. Like, it's, it's got to be all these, like if you're running within two meters of the guy, I understand. Yeah, that's but fine. If you're four meters away, sorry, like, and your hands up, and you're about, you've, your back's turned, and you're running, trying to run away from the situation because you realize it's part of the play. Because yeah. you have the other thing things happen fast. Too, like, you have no control when the guy gets the free kick and he gets the ball handed back to him. You have no control as to where he runs to, right? Yeah. He's probably supposed to run in a straight line backwards to the amount of steps that he wants to kick. Yeah. If he's near you at that moment, you've got to worry about your man you've got to worry about him yep. running back to where you are and then you go Oop, and you put your hand up and you sort of run and you're too late like that is yep. one of the most frustrating things as an AFL f- uh, fan that's watched it my entire life right and watched it pretty closely with, with the Bombers as does most people yeah you look at it and you go I have no idea what that was for no a 50 meter penalty has to be something serious that impacts the contest and that's just that's uh, just nuts me. anyway anyway <laughs> 
Let's be brave. <laughs> by way. the way, we won, and yay. By and... the way, yay. No, we were obviously very, very excited. Absolutely. Uh, after the break, we're going to talk about the next fortnight. Big fortnight. Our, Big. What I call the biggest fortnight of the year by far. And we'll explain why and 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 how we're going to see the North Melbourne game and, and possible changes and see what yep. kind of strategies we can put in place. Right. So we'll see you after the break. Time catch up podcast. <laughs> You're an idiot. Okay, so let's um, discuss the next fortnight. Yep. If you look at the AFL, finals fortnight, I'm calling it the finals fortnight. Yeah, if you look at the AFL letter right now, Collingwood are seventh, North Melbourne are eighth. We play North Melbourne this week. We play Collingwood the next week. Says it all, really. So if we ever want that finals final spot, yep. We have to uh, show up in the next two weeks. And this is the thing, man, is that we've because we've lost so many games... Early on, yeah. Pretty much every game we play now is important if we want to play finals, right? Because we've got to win games against teams that we didn't think we were going to win against, a la West Coast, and congratulations, boys. But unfortunately, we've put ourselves in such a hole <laughs> yes. that we have to win against North still, and we have yeah. to win against Collingwood. We're still two, two games out of the eight and we've got to... That's it. We've got to catch up. Against two teams that are in some reasonable form at the moment. Yeah. Um, but just between you and me and the fence post, I really want to beat Collingwood. Yeah. Really th- want to beat Collingwood. I generally think we can beat North Melbourne. Yep. Um, we've got a 10-day break, so the, the Perth trip would mean nothing. Yep. Um, so I have no issue with that. The Collingwood game, they are in really good form. I won't even lie. Yeah, I can't that stand is, them, but I know. but they're they're playing a bit of like Richmond at the moment with high pressure footy and annoying. Uh, we're gonna. I think Collingwood, if you can match that pressure, you can beat them though. Because huh. I don't believe their overall talent is is better no, than ours. But they're just doing it simply like Richmond. I mean, they're just doing everything right well, as far as pressure yeah. and and structure. At and the it's moment. one of those things where you said before, and that Collingwood's worst game at the moment is. Yeah. Average, yeah, and their best is very good. Yeah, exactly. And, and Essendon was in that point where you see West Coast, where our best is exceptional, yeah, but our our sort of average game is not good at all. So to put the challenge to you, Brown is a guy from North Melbourne who beats us quite easily every week because oh, he's massive, crusty, a very very talented footballer. Yeah. Who would you have him starting off for the game? All right, so this depends on how they're setting up in the midfield, right? Yeah. If we're going to go head-to-head with North's midfield and expect, like we did with West Coast, and expect that they're not going to get free ball out of the middle to put it down Brown's throat, then I have Kyle Hooker on him, right? Because... Even with his pace, he's very fast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But this is my point, is that if we can, if we can control the midfield and the ball coming into their forward line is bombed into the midfield, where he's got to stop and prop, then Kale's all over him, like a rash, mm. right? But if the mids start to get on top a little bit and he's leading out to forward 50, it's got to be bare, right? But you know what I'd love to see the Bombers do that I don't know that they've done particularly much before or it happens much anymore, is to, to run, I mean, probably because people are afraid of getting killed, um, running someone in between, like, in front of the forward. 
having someone sort of floating around. Spare back, do you mean? Or, uh, do you, or no, just I mean, having an actual sign? No, not a spare back, but just, I don't know. This is easier said than done. Like having probably. a wealthy in front of them. Yeah, just to, just to run into the space in front of Brown to try and cut it off. Now, you could very well end up with your head caved yep. in. Um, but I'd love to <laughs> see somebody... He's physical, though, is he? No, no, he's not. I mean, he's Krusty the Clown. But, I mean, it's... Um, I'd love to, yeah, I'd love to yeah. see somebody running into the space uh, in front of him, which is easier said than done. At least you can strategize this week with weight being out. Yeah. You can actually have a, a kind of a, a focus on Brown. And Always kills us. Because Wade does play well against man. us. Yeah. I hate that guy. And he's having a great year, if, in all honesty, but he's a really big injury for them. And, and you know, they've only just go over, got over the dogs. Yeah, um, Jared, Wade, Jared Wade used to live around the corner from me. I used to see him, seriously, every time, well, most times when I drive driving out of my house, I used to see him and shoot him daggers. Because I hate that bloke. <laughs> he used to kill us all the time. Um, he had no idea who I was either. Um, yeah, no, North, massive, massive, massive game, right? Yeah. The, it all comes back to the mids again. If we get Zachy, I mean, I'm looking at the yeah. stats again, man. 30, 30 for Zach, 27 for Heppel, Goddard, 26, Adam Saad, Langford. Mate, if those boys can do that, we're a match for anybody. Yeah. Um, yeah. I guess, yeah, the, the the back's a lot of pressure on Hurley and Hooker this week. Yeah. No, it's... it's it's North Melbourne is a very simple team to plan against. You, If you come in with a high intensity and pressure, you should win the game. Absolutely. Because, because they, you, you, we've got the better talent. Yeah, I agree. Uh, and Brown's such yeah. a focal point for him. Yeah. And I think that weight injury does play into our hands a little bit because it does give us a little bit of a focus on how to coach around stopping Brown and when, mm. whether we have a, a mid that kind of runs back quite a lot that, I'd, I'd like that to covers see up it. the hole. Yeah, I'd like um, to see it. So, the Collingwood game, Brody Grundy, in form. People yeah. are saying All-Australian Ruckman this year, in form, mobile. Tommy Bell, massive game for that man again. Yeah, well, he's got two big Ruckman really in there, right? Yeah. Row, hasn't he? So... Uh, Tommy's form needs to continue. Oh, I, every, it does. Yeah, we have that opportunity. Our, our, our draw in the second half of the year is pretty friendly. Like even after the North Melbourne Collingwood game, I think we play the Suns at home, and you go, okay, well that's a win. We yeah, should be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it should be. So we've got an opportunity to, if we can play that same intensity of footy to get a bit of a roll on. Yep. But gee, yeah, it's it comes down to the next fortnight, like we said. Um, I don't know of any changes I can foresee. I think I reckon they're going to go a little bit safe and and go. Well, this team's continually winning. Mm. Um, I mean, even with Josh Green and McKernan, they probably were the only two that really had quiet games. And but there's that's not okay. there's not a direct replacement for Green, like um, as I um, see it. I, yeah, no, you're, you're right. I mean, you, you've got the um, um, uh, much and those guys maybe, but. Um, not for that style of No, play, it's not yeah. that kind of style in the forward line. And look, I reckon Josh would be looking at his four possessions going, ooh, ooh man, yeah. that hurts a lot. And, so, and a lot of people will be calling for Francis to come in. I, I'm i not sure if I can get him into the side yet. I, I love and him, yet but... I, if, if people who know me, I desperately want him to be in the side. But I am also of the belief that a coach um, whose back six is playing so well You've got a reward form as well. And like I, I know people say, oh, yeah, we'll just swap Matty Day and, and Francis over. But Matty Day is shutting down opponents every do, week. Doing nothing wrong. Zero wrong. And I'm not sure I want the message at the club to be one of 
if you're performing, you can still go out. Yeah, because we've got this yeah. young kid coming through. No, yeah. who who hasn't proven himself yet? And that's, no, absolutely. That's just being completely yeah. honest. I just I think the message to be for Aaron, you're not far away. Oh, you you everybody keep, knows that. Keep keep playing these games, and as soon as the opportunity is there, we'll put you in. And that's the thing. But, like we, we, we by using Maddie Day, we get experience. We get calmness. We get yep. a solid performing backman. Now, man, every club knows you need those. And yep. we've got the excitement machines coming off the back line in um, McKenna and Saad. We've got Hurley. We've got Hooker. D yep. slots in. Every time he plays, like you leave him out for a while, you put him back in, you get a solid footballer. Yep. Andy McGrath yep. down there, solid as well. Man, I reckon every club in the AFL would kill for a, for a, a, a solid finalized backline. Like yep. you just that you've got blokes down there that you know are going to perform. Yep. You don't have to worry about them. And look, just one last one before we sort of close off the podcast. I don't think the coach at all is going to replace Dylan Clark for Myers as yet. Myers still led the side in contested possessions again this week. Yep. So, uh, look, he does his, he's got his four clearances. He's he does a lot of sp- Blocking and a lot of heavy work inside, and experience as well. Yeah. And you can't you got to you can't forget the fact can, that yeah. these experienced footballers are important. Can he play better? Of course. Like he's still not using the ball as much as I'd like him to use it, as well as sorry, uh, but it seems obvious to me. And I'm just saying that more. I'm thinking more like how I think Bush is thinking that he wants Mai's physicality in that midfield yep. to help out the McGrath Langfords. Um, and a few guys like and the Smith, young kids, even yeah. Smith, just to help because he is doing a lot of heavier work that's not a stat. Like if you look at the midfield, have a look at sometimes he's blocking and a few other things that he's doing, and a coach does notice that. So I, as much as I'd love again to see Clark in the side, I don't think that's going to happen while Mize is doing that at a reasonable level. I'll say. Mm, yeah, I agree. Um, but overall. It's just great to see the club finding its identity. Uh, oh, the, I, I want to make a mention too. I want to make a mention of the coaching staff. Yeah, well, we're the ones, you know, six weeks ago, we had that statement. And and I was very obviously blunt and saying, hey, guys, we need to fix, fix it, this. is what you said. We need to fix, fix it. it. Uh, because structurally, we're completely terrible. Look, and we're the first ones that need to also say, Fantastic, uh, mate. Uh, yeah, you, you, like you said, Scotty, with his very dark in a dark room, lit, <laughs> lit by the lit by the the, the light of the PC, <laughs> nearly, <laughs> nearly yeah. just packed up and went away kind of podcast. Um, when he said, "Just fix it," and that's about as serious as I've ever heard, Scott. Um, and you could not fault them between then and now. Like no, whatever they've well, done. Obviously, I mean, there was that week, wasn't it? That a lot of actions took place. There was a lot oh, of yeah, mo- and movement at the club, yep, and assi- gone, an and... assistant left, and yep. and a, a clear message. And then the captain of the club, even later that week, made some very strong statements. So it was, you know, we're only small compared to their messaging. Their their front and center obviously had the same thought process. We've got to fix it. 100% agree. So, and, and congratulations and, to Wusher and his team. Exactly. All the way from the top to the bottom because, mate, we, we, we look structured. We look confident. We look 
together as a unit. Yep. We look all of the things that we absolutely didn't look before. So again, I'd, I'd love to when, when we when we get Wusher on the show. <laughs> um, <laughs> good luck. Yeah, good luck. When we get Wusher on the show, I'm going to ask you, man, what's the difference? What was happening? Yeah. Because it's like utter chalk and cheese between what we were doing before and what yeah. we are now. So I wanted to just put a big um, congrats out there to the to the Essendon to the whole Essendon organization from Xavier all the way down. Um, but especially Wusher and his team. Well done, boys. Yep. And I mean, they even did, even the club did a good initiative with the scarf this week and having uh, members choose next year's scarf. Small things like that, where um, they're just getting a bit more fan involvement uh, on, on being able to choose. I like those things. Um, so I think that the club's a little bit getting back on its feet um, in in on-field areas. Oh, absolutely. And I mean, so, I mean... Xavier, Xavier's been making this club tick off the field yeah. for a good long period of time now. And I think the only, it was just, just was not translating. It was not translating to uh, success on the field. And yeah. I'll tell you what, anybody with a, with a reasonable mind that's looking at this club at the moment has got to know that we're starting to, the West Ham in Sard Smith, Stringer. We didn't even mention Jake Stringer, by the way, in that game. <laughs> that's like, a very good point. Just to, we didn't even yeah, mention hell, the bloke. He was hell as dangerous as anything. Oh man, Jakey. <laughs> Jakey boy. And I mean, he's probably dropped two or three marks. He could have easily kicked six goals. That's the thing, man. Yeah. So the this is the thing. The club would, I reckon, Xavier and, and the, the, I'm going to call him the statue moving forward because they should build one. Um, Adrian Dodoro would yeah. just be looking going, nah, uh, yeah, are, we, are we good or what with those three boys? I heard he mentioned on his podcast as well, just uh, the three guys coming in, how much it's, you know, Dodoro would be very, very happy, oh, man. Oh, man. Uh, they're just making a huge impact right now. Right Absolutely. now, they're just like... They are the three blokes that we were hoping they were going. <laughs> yeah. Devin Smith out of nowhere. Adam Sard's just getting better every single and week. you know what? No one's over the age of 24. Oh, baby. So, uh, oh, baby. they're there for seven years. Yeah. So, that's what we should be excited about. Absolutely. Anyway, thanks again. Um, Where can they find us, Scotty? They can find us at our new Facebook group. Facebook group, Lunchtime, Lunchtime Catch-Up. Catch up. Just type in Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast. In Facebook, you'll find our group. It's actually open to the public, so yep. you can just join at any time. We come give... and say hey to us. We um, we monitor that all day, every day. So um, come and yeah. say hey to us. Let Love us to have questions yeah. and guests that you like on. Um, thanks for your support. You can email us at, um, what is it? The Lunchtime Catch-Up. <laughs> <laughs> I should know now. By now. The Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast at gmail.com. But you know what? I, I was just thinking, and we probably... Um, the Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast at gmail.com is great. You can email us there. That's fine. But again... The Facebook's probably the better Facebook's one. the better one for us because it's it's sort of one location for, for everything Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast. And, we um, see it within an hour usually. So. Yeah, absolutely. Right? So we can we can see it that... Um, and our, our, our inbox is getting pretty full. But um, So join us. Yeah, join us at the, at the Facebook page, Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast. Um, also check out Scotty's Facebook page if you want. He's got True to the Red Sash. Um, that thing's been around for ages. So go and check out Scotty's Facebook page. But um, make sure you um, like and subscribe um, to the podcast. We You can get us on iTunes. You can get us on SoundCloud. Um, this podcast will be up in about an hour or so when um, I get to leave and Scotty gets to do all the hard work. Yes, uh, I get to fall back asleep. <laughs> Scotty gets to then fall back asleep and, and dream of sunshine glistening off an ocean. Um, yes. But yeah, thanks everybody for for listening to the podcast. We've uh, we absolutely love doing these wins, especially when we when we win over in the West. Yeah, thanks so much, everyone, and talk to you very soon. See you guys.